Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello, once again, welcome back. Steve Wilson here, still going through the book of Matthew, chapter 10, and we are going to pick up in uh, verse 29. And here's what it says. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? Well, of course, the reference here to a sparrow is, um, the sparrow was a very, um, uh, how should I say it, not not that it was useless, but it was undervalued. It was viewed as the the least valued um, creature. They didn't, you know, understand exactly what sparrows, you know, what the real value of a sparrow was, but the, the, in and in, when you look at evolution and that sort of thing, they all, it cracks me up how they try to uh, describe how all the different, not just species, but variations within the species um, came to be. There are so many different things that occurred that evolution really has no explanation for it other than to say, well, you know, over a period of time, anything can happen. Because, you know, that's kind of their description for how things came about that and some un, some mysterious explosion it's it's amazing how many things they try to explain away by saying well there must have been a cataclysmic uh, event of some sort that caused this to happen so that's how they avoid an actual explanation but anyway the fact is a sparrow <clears throat> is every bit as intricate and and special and complicated as any other creature that God created. Um, there are so many things within a sparrow that make it unique um, and, and point to the creation of God. Well, so that's that's why it says, you know, God views a sparrow as valuable, the same as a human being. And, and when they talk about being sold for a farthing, of course, what they're referring to is is when people would go to the temple to make sacrifices and that sort of thing back in the Old Testament, and in, of course, the early days of Christ, they um, oftentimes, you know, maybe they were poor, they didn't have animals and that sort of thing. And and so there would there would be people there who would be selling um, animals of different types that uh, you could use for sacrifice. Of course, it was what prompted Christ and, and to, you know, throw the money changers and so on out of the temple. Because that there was collusion going on with that sort of thing between the merchants and the priests, but nonetheless, you know, you could buy a, a sparrow uh, very cheaply and use that as your uh, as your offering in going into the temple. Um, but you know, they of course what it says here is that Jesus views them every bit as 
valuable as, as anybody else, and he, he follows their lives the same way as he follows our lives. And when you think about a sparrow, you know, flying all over here and there and just doing the normal things of life, God knows every second of their existence as well as he knows ours. And, uh, and, and if he knows that much and if he cares that much about a sparrow, certainly he cares about us. Uh, uh, Matthew 10.30 <clears throat> says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Um, and, of course, in verse 31, it says what I just said, Fear, fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value than many sparrows. But th this thing about the hairs of your head, I, I don't know if you are aware, but <clears throat> I just looked it up because I didn't know either. I just knew there was a lot. But the average human being can have anywhere from 90,000 to 150,000 hairs individual follicles or whatever it is you call them. Now, that's not such an astronomical number. It's not that we can't count that far, but can you imagine trying to count the hairs on a person's head? How would you keep them separated? That would be impossible, but, impossible, but except for me, because I have very little hair. But anyway, it would still be very difficult. And yet God knows. Uh, he knows exactly how much hair you have. That's how intricately involved he is in our lives. He can tell us the answers to those questions. So it just it's just an illustration of how much he cares about us. And in light of what we've just talked about, how he walks with us through all the persecutions and, and so on that we're going to face as Christians, um, to know that, to say that he cares and walks with us is one thing, but to, to say that this is what he knows about us this is how much he cares. That carries it to a whole new level um, of how valuable we are in his sight. Um, we have great value in his eyes. Um, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, we're in verse 32. Uh, well, yeah, and I read the part, then many sparrows. Um, before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now bear in mind, this whole section we're reading here are the words of Christ. You get a red-letter edition of the Bible, it's, this is all going to be in red. <clears throat> so these are these words of Christ that are being spoken to his apostles. And he's telling them point blank, look, when I stand before my Father in heaven, I know all this about you. I know who you are. I know everything there is to know about you. I created you I'm, and, and not only do I know but, but God knows too and he says but I am your advocate I am the one who's going to stand before God the Father on your behalf and <clears throat> if you deny me before men I'm going to deny you before the Father which is in heaven um, in verse 34 he says think not that I am come to send peace on earth I came not to send peace but a sword for I am come to set man at variance against his father and the daughter against his mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and so on. We'll get into that in a minute. He says, look, <clears throat> yes, I give you peace that passes understanding. Uh, I am the God of salvation. You know, I give you comfort in your heart. But the fact is, Satan is the prince and power of the air. He, he's the one who is uh, who's running things here on this earth. And and he and I are at odds with one another, and so there is division, and I have come to enhance that division, not to smooth it out. You know, we have so many religions in the world today that are trying to 
to smooth out the differences between the world and and the things of God, and it bothers me when you know I, you know, think about this, <clears throat> and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to condemn contemporary Christianity. However, think about your testimony as you leave a house in the morning. If you got if you're walking out of a house in a suit and tie or a nice dress or whatever, and you have Bible in hand, and you you know it's uh, let's say nine o'clock or so in the morning, and your family all dressed the same way, and they're all getting in a car going somewhere. Where do you think they're going? Where else would they be going on a Sunday? Well, most of the the people in your neighborhood that see you know instinctively you're going to church, and their first impression is you must be a Christian. <clears throat> on the other hand, if you walk out with in shorts and a t-shirt, jump in the car to go somewhere. You could be going to breakfast. You could be going to Walmart. Uh, you could be going fishing. Who knows? It's not a testimony. Um, trying to show people who you are, uh, even to the simple fact of how you dress and behave, makes a big difference. And when I, I believe when, when Christ stands before God the Father, those things are going to come into play. That, let's move on, though, so I don't get too far off track. He says, he says look, I've, I've come to separate you from the world. I want you to be different than the rest of the world. I don't want you to be like the world. I want you to be different from the world. Um, in verse 36, in a man's foes shall they be of his own household. And he that loveth his father and mother, we spoke about this in a prior segment, um, <clears throat> more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter... <coughs> <clears throat> more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life shall for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man Name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. I apologize if I've gotten a reading kind of word up. I'm having trouble with my vocal cords right now for some reason. <clears throat> and whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones, a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. This whole section here really has to do with our testimony before others. How we treat one another, how we treat the people of God, how we approach our worship <clears throat> to God. You know, our whole um, um, process, our whole demeanor, and our whole character in life is on display to a, a lost and dying world. <clears throat> um, you know, we have a sign in our yard right now that's uh, advertising an event that we have in our church. I want people to know that, that, that I'm committed to my church. Um, I want people to know that I go there and, and not because I'm trained to go there or because I have to go there, but because I want to go there because that, that's where we worship our God. I, I have a problem with Christians <clears throat> who don't see the value in church. I mean, if, if Jesus instituted the church when he was here on earth, what argument do we have to say it's not a value? I, I run into people on visitation and stuff like that very often that, that they'll say, yes, I'm a Christian. 
And yes, I love the Lord, but I just I just really don't have much to do with church. Too many hypocrites there or can't find one that <clears throat> that I like or whatever. And so they just quit. They just drop out instead of, you know, keep trying or to, to try to adjust because, you know, people don't admit that perhaps they could be the one who's wrong. If, if Christ put his church here on this earth and he says, forsake not yourselves the assembling or forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a man or some is. There's got to be a reason behind all that. And so when I, I look at this and passages like this, and especially, you know, when we're talking about the fact that the dual application here, because it's not only referring now, but it's referring to the end times, it adds such impact to the fact that we need to band together, not separate. A person without a church home um, <clears throat> is a person on an island. You know, you, you don't. You don't live well. You don't survive well. We are created to be communal creatures. No matter if you're saved or if you're lost, the fact is we are created to commune with one another. Um, and so we have a natural desire to affiliate with those of like mind. Now, you know, we do that in sports. You know, I happen to be an Ohio State fan, so I like hanging around with other people who are Ohio State football fans. Um, I know all you SEC people out there probably don't want to hear that, but, you, you know, we all do that sort of thing. We find things in life that we can band around, and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But if we can do that with worldly things, um, why can't we do that with the things of God? Shouldn't that be the, our strongest bond? You know, that's why churches are so powerful. That's why they're able to accomplish so much, because we go forth as messengers of Christ under his power and speaking, you know, by his uh, His direction. Back here in uh, the verses that we talked about, I think, in our prior segment or one of the prior segments, <clears throat> um, he, he talks about when we stand before the world, he's going to let him speak for us. Um, he's going to speak through us, and he's, he's going to give us the strength. He's going to give us the boldness that we need. Well, it's difficult to do that if we're not honoring the things that he taught. You know, he, he told us to be baptized. He told us to be a part of his church. He told us to, he says, as often as you do this, when he was speaking of the Lord's Supper, he gave us those ordinances of the church. There are so many things, and he tells us in the Great Commission, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He didn't say just go out and get people saved. He said, go out and teach them all things. Everything that I have taught you, I want you to teach others. Well, how do we know to do that if we're not living it, if we're not learning it, if we're not experiencing it? And folks, this, that's where the church comes in. That that becomes our, our, our place of strategy. That's where we all band together and, and figure out how we're going to win the loss to Christ on, on, a, on a corporate basis. Um, it's just of great value, and, and as we approach the end times, it becomes every day, it becomes of more value. It's more valuable today than it was yesterday. So, you know, I, I want to urge everybody out there to, to consider these things in light of the fact that we are approaching the end times, how much more important they are. So we've reached the end of another segment. We've reached the end of chapter 10. I appreciate you folks uh, listening. I hope something I've said here has helped you. And until next time, uh, goodbye and God bless.